Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. Your phone doesn't even know your name. Your phone doesn't know your species. Life 107.1. It was a really sweet gesture. Oh. My friend posted a little sneak peek at the inside of her relationship with her husband oh. and just the, the sweet text messages he sends to her. Oh. And so every now and then you're kind of like, okay, do I, do I need to see all this stuff? But, but it, it, it stood out to me because she has this text message and it says, you have no idea how much I love you, baby. Oh. I'm, I'm just sitting here at work and, and I've been thinking about you all fat. What? And then, like, the next speech bubble says, day. I meant to say day. Autocorrect has betrayed me. Oh, no. That's about the worst version of autocorrect you can ever have. I can only imagine what she must have been thinking in the seconds before the second text came through. I can only imagine just how fast his thumbs were moving to send the next text. That poor man. Ah, uh, autocorrect. <laughs> hey, Stephanie, do you have an autocorrect to tell us about? Here's the important part of my story. My name's Stephanie, but it's spelled S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E. Okay. And my phone doesn't seem to understand that my name is spelled with an S instead of a P-H. Yeah. So I was sending out an email to our um, Christ Star Life Orchestra and Choir, and I signed it on my phone with an S-T-E-F. My phone autocorrected it to Stegosaurus. <laughs> and so I, I sent out an important email signed Stegosaurus. <laughs> your phone doesn't even know your name. Your phone doesn't know your species. I mean, when I saw it, I knew what he meant, but it's not what he wrote. So I asked a friend, I said, do you want to do this? You want to go do and do this together? And he said, yeah. And I'm like, oh, good. And then he texted back, it'll be funeral. What? And I said, question mark. And he said, oh, it'll be fun. Funeral. Autocorrect. Of it'll all be- the ways. <laughs> I know. It's kind of like, of all the ways that your phone would finish that word, why funeral? No it'll thanks. funeral. <laughs> Do you think you could live with a broken heart? Uh, I've been learning how to. Yeah. I think I've learned more about grief in the last three years than ever in all of my years. Yeah. I mean, a divorce in 2019. And then four months ago today, I lost one of my best friends. Oh, I don't know. It was four months today. Yeah, it's four months today. I, I've i cried every day for four months. Mm. And I feel like I cried all of 2019, yeah. <laughs> at least once a day. Um and, and I and I kept wondering what was wrong with me. And even in this process, as I've been grieving Laura, I've wondered, why do I cry every single day? And then I saw this that my friend Rachel posted that we have the capacity to live with broken hearts because just like the Tin Man said, I know I have a heart because now it's breaking yeah. when Dorothy leaves. Yeah. We know that God has given us the capacity to love in our hearts because when we get hurt, our hearts break. And so our hearts were actually designed to be perfect eventually and Mm -hmm. to relate with God, but he's designed us to be able to grieve every single day. And he's designed us to want to grieve. In fact, he's actually designed us to be able to walk with that grief. This Mm -hmm. is kind of crazy. This says, how do you live with a broken heart? The answer is 
how you fix it or how you move beyond it. The skill is learning to live with your grief as an ongoing way of being in the world. It is the way that you honor that which you love Mm. and that which you've lost. So when you grieve Josh, I grieve Laura, I grieve my broken marriage, I grieve all the things that I've lost. We're actually honoring what the perfectness was that God intended Mm. before sin and what the perfectness will be someday when he puts our hearts back together. I don't know if you've felt like grief is something that you kind of have to fight against. Hmm. Like, it's not an emotion that we really like. We, we want to feel good. Mm-hmm. We want to get over grief. We want to get past grief. Hmm. Getting over it. <laughs> but what if grief was a little bit more important? As, you know, Jen, you were talking about, you know, just kind of our hearts and how the way we grieve reflects how much we loved the thing we lost. Mm-hmm. I started thinking about the times in the Bible where you see God grieve. I think about Jesus standing at the tomb of his best friend, Lazarus, Mm -hmm. and crying. Mm -hmm. Even though he knows he's going to bring him back to life, (laughs) and then there's going to be a great resurrection at the end. I think about God watching his people, Israel, when they're going off and doing all kinds of stuff that they shouldn't, and his response is that he's grieved. You see several passages where that's God's response, is he's grieved by his people rebelling. Mm Mm-hmm. And so what if our grief is a little flicker of the image of God, where we see this beautiful world that God created, that it's supposed to be man and creation and God in this perfect harmony, and we see all this breaking, and that grief from us is something that God's given us, that for a little bit, we see the world through his eyes. It's funny you're talking about this this morning, because the purpose-driven life that I started reading Mm -hmm. yesterday was, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those who are Mm -hmm. crushed in spirit. It's during the suffering that we learn to pray the most authentic, heartfelt, honest-to-God <laughs> prayers. You know what I think is really interesting is that Rick Warren wrote that before his son died. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. And then after his son died, he has reiterated how important it is for us to rely on the Lord to keep us going. He says he thinks that suffering brings us closer to God. The most profound and intimate experiences of worship are likely to be in our darkest days. Mm. Mm. So thank you for you guys. I appreciate you. Absolutely, Thanks for Jeff. That. Have a good day. Appreciate thank that. you. You too. Take care. Very important question for this it's time of year. The great chili debate. How many things need to be in chili for it to still be chili? At what point does it cease to be chili? Or maybe it never started off as chili because it didn't have one important ingredient. And and I think this is a good question to be asking because the chili that I'm making this week is not a traditional chili. It's the kind of chili that you have to put a word in front of in order for it to properly be described. We're making veggie chili, which means there is no meat in this chili. And I maintain that is not chili. But that, he, not, I mean, it might be a hearty stew of some kind. There's chili powder in there. There's Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire. And he, here's my deal. I, I would, if I'm, if I'm removing ingredients from chili, I will take the meat out before I take the beans out. But then it's not chili. It has to have meat in it for it to be chili. But if all it has in there is meat, I feel like you've just got like... Sloppy Joes. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just like meat sitting in juice. I'd rather have beans sitting in juice any day of the week. So do you you think that there has to be beans for it to be chili? There's got to be beans. And I think there has to be meat for it to be chili. Mm-hmm. We're in an impasse. Let's call the whole thing off. 
<laughs> we are at an impasse. <laughs> I'm starting to think that as many people as there are in the world, that's how many opinions you have about chili. It almost makes you nervous if you're going to make chili for people for the first time. Yeah. Are I you mean, making it to their standards? Right, because... There's a lot of different opinions and standards about what is and what's not good chili. So we want to know what what makes chili a chili. My requirements are really high for chili. Oh, really? There oh. has to be meat. There has to be beans. There has to be spice. But it has to be thick. Like, I want to be able to use a bread bowl to have chili. Okay. Just a bean soup. Yeah. I don't, I don't want that. Yeah. No. Okay. Hearty. So it's got to be thick. It's got to have meat, and it's got to have beans, and it sounds like you would like to include a bread bowl. And it needs to be spicy. Uh, hey, you know what? I could eat chili with you, Jen. I, I would eat that oh, chili. That, that sounds amazing. Y'all come over this weekend. We'll have chili. Yay! Sounds good. Works for me. <laughs> I think this is something that you need to stop and think about it, because mm-hmm. you can't just go through life all willy-nilly not knowing. You need standards. Where you stand on chili. To me, I feel like the two key ingredients are meat and beans. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Mm-hmm. But then I would say if I had to choose between one or the other, I'd take the meat out of my chili before I take the beans out of my chili. No. I, th- I think no. that's, that's just how I got to no, do that. You're wrong. No. Taylor, if you have to remove the hamburger, use roasted butternut squash. Ooh. And Jen, it can't be just an ordinary bread bowl. It has to be a cinnamon roll bread bowl. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> how do you make a cinnamon roll bread bowl? You just kind of form it over the top of like an aluminum pan and let it cook a little bit. Oh, boy. Oh, my word. I think you might have just changed my life. That sounds really good. <laughs> I think this phone call was a divine appointment. I'm, I'm glad you shared this with us. This makes me really happy. I'm glad I can make your morning. (laughs) So I realize that this is personal and subjective, your (laughs) opinions on chili and what constitutes good chili, but I maintain that you could be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) What do you do for your chili, Nathan? One of my favorite chilies is a uh, sausage in it, beans, diced potatoes, corn, and then you put like sour cream and cheese and chips and all all this other stuff on top of it. Oh, yeah. Did you just say corn? Yeah. No. Oh, come on. That's no, great. No. That's that's a Southwest chili right no, there. No. Black beans and corn? Exactly. I'm sorry. You just lost me. I was with you until <laughs> oh, you said man. corn. I don't want corn in my chili. You're missing out. I don't want corn. It's too sweet. I'm on your side, Nathan. <laughs> Taylor and I, I think we should get along here. I think yeah, we could. Well, are you shocked that I'm going to disagree with both of you? <laughs> <laughs> I've listened to the show quite a bit. It's okay, Jen. Sometimes I'll agree with Taylor. Not very often. <laughs> So you're enjoying a beautiful, peaceful moment at your home, Mm. and then something happens to destroy that peaceful balance. We're all sitting on the sectional in the living room, and I I can't remember if Ben like threw something for Bagel to play with or whatever, but anyway, it ended up underneath the couch. Oh, boy. Something got pushed underneath the couch. I didn't want to go get it. Piper didn't want to go get it. So what do you do? You send the little brother, right? He's, he's the one who threw it. <laughs> ben! Ben, get that out from under the couch, okay? And he's like, oh. So he unfurls his six foot two body and he gets underneath the couch and he goes, ow! Whoa. Mom, it is gross underneath here. And I was like, well, yeah, yeah. it's underneath the couch. It's under a couch. He's like, goodness, look at. 
There's so much stuff underneath here. I said, hey, I only sent you underneath there for one thing. Just just find the one just and get, get out of the there. one thing. <laughs> and he sits up and he was like, why don't you ever vacuum underneath there? And I looked at him and I said... I don't know. Why don't you ever vacuum underneath there? Clearly, you are the one being bothered more by this. And then my question is this. Who does vacuum underneath their couch? Is that even a necessary chore? I mean, you can't see it. If you vacuum under your couch, you don't get the experience of when you move, having to move your couch and realizing, oh, that's where 87 of my socks went. Or all the cat toys. All the cat toys. (laughs) It was my son that posed the question. Why don't we ever clean underneath here? And he was talking about the couch. Well, I was like, well, because you don't. You I mean, I don't. Not supposed to. No, it's not visible. It's so not required. No. <laughs> Macy's got a whole new reason not to vacuum under your couch. As a mother of children that were once young, you know that that couch becomes a treasure trove for everything. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> At one point, I gave up the effort of just trying to keep it clean and declared it our national emergency plan. <laughs> if anything were to happen, there is enough goldfish crackers and fruit snacks in that couch to be able to feed everybody for at least a week. <laughs> just rip out all the cushions, turn it upside down. And you're safe. You're golden. Think about under your couch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't. If you're like me, you don't ever want to think about it. 12 diseases thinking about under my couch. I never, I mean, like never, ever clean under my couch. I will clean under that couch when we either move the couch or we move out of that house. There are just certain pieces of furniture that it's like, we're going to let whatever is building up there continue to build up until we have to move or replace or something. Sarah from Ankeny is talking about when something fell in one of those spaces. My son once lost a tooth and it was before I got home and somewhere in between the time that he lost it and I got home, he dropped it in between the seam of the stove and the counter. Oh boy. And this was an apartment unit that I had been renting for a little while. So I had to pull out the stove and sort through decades (laughs) of dust and crumbs to find a tiny little tooth so that he had something to exchange with the tooth theory. That is a true moment of mother love. It was disgusting and at that point it was like the landlords owe me. (laughs) (laughs) Two out of seven people in our office actually (laughs) vacuum underneath their couch. And Kelly has seen what happens if you don't. I was just thinking about what's under my couch. Oh, really? Yeah, because I have a new puppy and he is probably 10 weeks, maybe 11 weeks old. And we were gone over the weekend. So my daughter like stayed there and babysat for us. And she, and she has a big dog and they're friends, kind of. Well, she <laughs> said at one point, Sully went under the couch and like took a nap. Oh, oh, your dog? Yeah, for like an hour and a half. And she said he was just under there. When he scoots out, he's too big. Like his belly is too fat to sit under there. <laughs> Apparently not. But he goes flat. He yep. goes flat as a pancake and like kind of shimmies all the way across the floor. And the dust bunnies are on his belly. Oh, no. <laughs> That's one way to clean under your couch. Send the puppy under. Absolutely.
If you are still trapped in this lie, we're here to free you from it. Which lie is that? The lie that you need to vacuum under your couch. Oh, yeah. Nobody does that. That you need to vacuum under your refrigerator, your stove. Wow. Like, you don't don't need to move stuff to vacuum (laughs) under it. I mean... Who does that? No, nobody's going to see it. Well, I know two people in our office do. Yeah. There are two out of seven in our office who do that. And I just hope that someday they will break free mm. from that bondage. Yes. Because there, there is a joy that comes <laughs> joy. When, when you move the couch out of the way, when you move the refrigerator out of the way. And it's like an archaeology site. <laughs> <laughs> like you learn about oh! the people who were previously here. That's where that. We we replaced our refrigerator when we first moved into our house. And when we moved that thing away, there were multiple badges with multiple names from multiple different fast food restaurants. There were little toy cars down there. You could sift through the dust and like brush it off like a paleontologist and learn about who inhabited this space before you. And just think, if they had been the type of people that moved things and vacuumed, they would have robbed you of that joy. It's true. So thank you to the previous homeowners for not vacuuming under your refrigerator. Now I know you a little bit better. He hasn't eaten any of this kind of food in 28 years. 28 years. And he was kind of proud of it. I met a guy at a bonfire a couple of weeks ago. I was with my friend Lori and uh, got into a conversation with him and he wanted me to know... (laughs) This He's, just like came up organically. Uh-huh. He said, I haven't eaten a vegetable in 28 years. That's probably not healthy. He said, just the other day, my wife made this really yummy chicken and rice casserole. I was eating my chicken and rice and all of a sudden I got this sneaky suspicion and I picked up a piece of chicken and there underneath it was one tiny little broccoli floret. He sensed it. His wife... His broccoli sense. His wife hid it because she wanted him to break his streak. <laughs> she was because just- he's so <laughs> proud of the fact that he has been vegetable-free since 1993. Wow. When you're a parent and you are trying to get your kids to eat well, especially that first kid, you just want to make sure that they get vegetables. And sometimes you get too good at hiding vegetables. One of my sisters got crazy with the carrots. And is that beta carotene? I don't know what, but all of her kids' faces like turned orange. <laughs> oh. <laughs> From the inside out. I mean, I was like, hey, sweetie, you've got like orange residue from I'm not even sure what you fed them. And she was like, I can't get it off. <laughs> Feed them some Oreos. She's scrubbing their uh, faces. I can't get it off. They were like a light shade of orange for about six months. Have you ever heard the story of the princess and the pea? Yeah. You know how they stack up all the mattresses and there's one pea at yep. the very bottom. And she can still feel it. I, no. I kind of feel like this story from our friend Sienna is kind of like that. I was dating a guy in college and just out of college, and he did not like refried beans. And I have this casserole that I make that's really, really good, but it has refried beans in it. I'm like, you're not going to be able to taste it in the casserole. And he's like, no, I can tell it has refried beans. So I said, okay, well, I'll make you one without refried beans, and I'll make myself one with refried beans. Well, 
I have made this casserole so many times, I don't even look at the instructions anymore. I just throw it all together. And out of habit, I started to put refried beans in his. <laughs> just one dollop, and then I caught myself, and I'm like, whoops, I'm not supposed to do this. So I mixed it in real good, and I'm like, there's no way he's ever going to know there's one spoonful of refried beans in this entire casserole. He knew there were refried beans. He knew. <laughs> like, this has refried beans in it, so I'm like, how can you even tell? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he's got a sense for it. This is a question that has stumped parents for years. How do you get your kids to eat vegetables? Fortunately, we have an expert on the line. I knew I'd made it when I came home and my daughter was in high school. She'd come home from volleyball practice and she was sitting in the kitchen on the floor with a can of green beans that she'd opened sitting there eating the green beans. And the only secret I can think of in this is if you only have vegetables in the house and the kids get hungry enough, they will eat them. Okay! There's nothing else. I guess I'll eat green beans straight from the can. I thought vegetables were the best and that was the only thing to eat, so they didn't have a choice. (laughs) The Taylor and Jen Podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.